prior to that, like maybe she was over on the couch and she was on her laptop and I had just gotten home or like, you know, I'm over on my laptop, but I'm working on the business and I'm maybe like wondering what she's doing. Mm -hmm. And maybe I'm like, there's a little bit of resentment because I may be thinking because she's not talking to me about the business, she's not working on the business. So that means if she's not working on the business, well, like, what's she doing? Hey guys, welcome back to Digging Into the Details with Brad and Taylor of The Details Duo. This is podcast number two for us, so we might sound a little bit better. Today we're here with a different uh, different topic, new details to dig into. Five things we've learned in five years of business, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. That's our topic. That's our topic for today. Pretty cool. I think we covered kind of our journey five years in business Mm -hmm. and it's really important for Taylor and I to try to get some education out there from our perspective and what we've learned in the last five years. This is it. Yeah. So we hope you enjoy and might be a little shorter than last time. Um, I mean, I will say there's so many things that we've learned too in business. You know, I mean, this list could go on and on, but I think we were just trying to think of five unique things that i don't know maybe stood out to us yeah stood out to us or just that you don't always hear about so i can start um i would say number one and this i guess isn't any in any particular order either no but number one would be know your strengths and weaknesses um very important very important i think as a small business owner especially when you're first starting out And even five years down the road, you wear a lot of hats. (laughs) You juggle a lot of things. Um, You're trying to do it all. And a lot of times you have to do it all because you can't necessarily always afford to um, hire employees or outsource some of these particular things that might not be your strength. But I think it is important to learn what those things are and come to terms with them because also maybe in the beginning stages you're very hopeful that you'll just be able to do it all and you'll quickly realize that um, doing it all will probably lead to burnout. (laughs) Yeah. No, I think that it's very important to know what you're good at, what you're not good at, and realize how that can impact your business, Mm -hmm. both positively and negatively. And if you continue to do things that you're not good at, it's it can be detrimental on one hand you could think that you're going to get better yeah but i think ultimately it comes down to your bandwidth i love that word because you only have so much time in the day right and if you're trying to do it all it's not going to happen and things are going to fall short mm-hmm. and if you are in a service-based industry where you are creating something or you're providing something for someone um, or even in a product-based industry where, you know, things can affect the day-to-day, that's ultimately where, you know, you're really going to start to see the effects of 
doing too much or doing things that you're not good at. So if you can nip that in the bud right away, mm-hmm. even though we have not mastered it, we have definitely gotten a lot better at it. And I truly see the positive effects of splitting up tasks between what people are good at and what they're not good at. Yes. For sure. For sure. But yeah. So outsourcing, like for instance, in our specific scenarios or scenario, um, I think two big hires for us or things that we outsourced was um, accounting because I tried to do bookkeeping in the early stages of our business and I was not very successful at it. And it became very overwhelming for me very quickly (laughs) because I'm a person who likes to do things right and I just... um, yeah, saw more value in hiring an accountant. And so do things like that. Um, we also brought on a designer on our team while we offer or have offered design as part of our items um, in years past too. And Brad is very much familiar with Illustrator, which is the program that we use for design renderings. Um, neither of us have gone to school for graphic design or anything of that nature. And I feel like there are far more talented individuals, even just locally, that could provide our clients with a better product, more creativity, um, more innovative ideas, just a way to kind of level up our services when it comes to designing. And that really came into play when we started to focus on our love story driven builds and um yeah so yeah well said i think you covered it i mean if you can do it yeah i know that it's not always easy it definitely costs money yeah because even if you're a one person shop one person team um outsourcing can be huge because now you're having to not only relinquish control but you're having to pay somebody yeah and uh, that might not always mean bringing on a team member. Might mean hiring a contractor, right? Or paying somebody for their service. However, you really have to look at it as a long-term goal that's mm-hmm. that's going to help you, and it's going to pay off even you know weeks or months down the road. And it's probably, and I think this is important to say, it's probably not going to alleviate issues right away. It's actually going to cause more stress in my opinion (laughs) because you have to not only figure out how you're going to pay somebody to do the task but you have to get all that crap out of your mind as, as an entrepreneur and by crap I mean the responsibilities and the tasks of that job you have to figure out how to get that out of your brain and put it onto paper or put it on an email or a phone call and tell the person that you're hiring what you need them to do. Um, one downfall for me, I think, is when I go into it and I talk to our employees, um, I have this expectation that they know what I'm thinking or they know exactly how I want something to be done. And that can be um, really frustrating for them and it can be really frustrating for me because I come back to the task and obviously it's not done how I specifically wanted it to be done or it's, um, you know, they're struggling with it and I'm frustrated. So full circle, like hiring somebody, whether they're a team member or somebody who's a contractor, you really have to understand that you have to take the time and set aside 
enough time to be able to show them and teach them exactly how you want something to be done or what you want to be done and you have to set the expectation correctly from the jump or it's just not going to work. So with all of these words, I think I'm just trying to say make sure that you put in enough time in the beginning when you're outsourcing so that the result is exactly what you want and you're not wasting time and money. Another note that we had on here, so I guess this can be uh, number two, is contracts and expectations, um, which I think we both say are very important. Huge. And the reason for both of those is that you want to be on the same page with your client. Um, and I think that was a bit of a learning curve for us because we certainly ran into different scenarios at different points in the business where either we weren't well-equipped, you know, and having all of our ducks in a row, whether that be a button-up contract or um, just maybe... The unknown, I think. Yeah, the unknown and just, you know, unless you put something out there and have it on, you know, on paper or... <laughs> Um, stated clearly for both parties to, you know, read and digest that one person may have an expectation and someone else may have a different expectation. And it's not to say that either um, either one is wrong, but it's just, um, yeah, just about being on the same page or just trying to think through some of those those challenges ahead of time so that you don't um, you don't reach the point where maybe a situation happened where, you know, you weren't on the same page as a client and then maybe they thought that you fell short or they were unhappy with something, but you guys just yeah had different expectations. I don't so, know. Sometimes it's nobody's fault. Right. Um, it's not one specific person's fault. However, if you don't have your ducks in a row, you don't have a contract as a business, it can get ugly. Mm -hmm. And so one thing that Taylor and I would recommend to anybody listening with a business is seek legal advice and if you don't have a contract get a contract even if it's super simple just you know work with legal to figure something out get it in motion and like we do once something is there you can always add to it and i feel like once a year or pro probably once a year we should do it more often but once a year since we've enacted a contract we go back to it, we review it with our legal team, our legal help, and, you know, change things, add things in that we hadn't thought of. Mm -hmm. So you're not going to know everything in the beginning, but it right. certainly will help. And we did have a contract in the very beginning, too. It was just very basic, I would say. it. Yeah, I mean, it. who knows how much it actually covered for us, but it was something the client still signed some i mean both parties signed something so it, it was still legitimate um and i think the the clients felt good with it but again you know because there were a few things that weren't in our contract then it also sometimes had the clients asking specific questions or maybe taking advantage of certain mm -hmm. you know um certain things because they weren't clearly stated in the contract or we never set the parameters of those expectations so, yeah, we certainly um, in recent years have invested time and money into mm -hmm. revising our contract to be a little bit more tailored to our business specifically and really worked with them to find specific clauses and things that we wanted to state that 
we're very much details duo driven and not just because our business is so unique too. So mm-hmm. a lot of these things you're not going to find, you know, even when you go to buy a contract template online. Right. As a small business owner, like there's just there's things that were missing for our our business specifically. So we saw value in adding those and taking the time to do that. Like I think year three, we put something in our contract about the wind and the weather outside mm-hmm. because we do events outside. And prior to adding verbiage in about the weather, I mean, we were just flying by the seat of our pants. And it was, um, you know, for us, it's very dangerous because if we go and set something up outside and the wind gets crazy, right? And we're there, we will a lot of ways we we have to figure out how to secure that item or move that item and prior to our contract being written the way it was i could see how the client's expectation would be like obliterated by us moving their item because of the weather Mm -hmm. but shame on us because prior to adding it into the contract we didn't you know we weren't educating the client on the possibility of it it happening right and for me when we finally took the time to add that into our contract, it really felt great because it's something that nobody can control. And because it's in there, you are setting the expectation from the beginning that, hey, if there's 35 mile per hour winds on your wedding day, we might have to move your beautiful, elegant escort display Mm -hmm. inside to this like crappy dim lit (laughs) room. But ultimately... Safety has to be safety is number one. And if you if you and if it's there, if from the jump before the client even pays you any money, like nobody can be mad. I mean, you can be bummed, but the end of the day, you knew the client knew, it's all good. Mm -hmm. Yep. So get yourself a contract, and if you have one already, we encourage you to continue to add to it, change it, and it should be fluid. In you know, as your business grows and changes, your contract needs to as well. Next one. This is big for this me. Is Brad's Brad's words right here. Favors don't pay the bills. So, in the wedding industry, there are a lot of vendors, a lot of frienders, and I feel like this is something that um, can happen without people even knowing that they're doing it, but there's a lot of favors being asked of everyone. Um, Sometimes people are, you know, hosting style shoots where there's no monetary gain and people are asking for things to um, assist with an event or um, people are expecting a discount because they're a, a fellow wedding vendor or fellow friender. And for me, this has been one of the most challenging things in business and in the wedding industry because I feel like there's been a lot of ask in terms of favors. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately for us, being in a product-based business where the favors that are being asked of us are not only our time, but our money mm-hmm. because we have to physically make things and that costs a lot, products. Right. Products and and goods to assemble custom items cost a ton. And like I said in the title of the topic, favors don't pay the bills. Unfortunately, you know, you still have rent and everything else coming out of the month at the end of the month 
when your time is being taken up with all of these favors, it can be detrimental because mm-hmm. you don't always get the return that maybe the fellow vendor or friend thought that you might by asking you for the favor, right? I think I'm not, I'm, there's a lot of gray area here. I think that if you're in the wedding industry, you might kind of latch onto what I'm saying a little bit more so yeah. than if you're like a, a past client. And I do think this, there's but... a, t- a time and place too for some of these things. And especially if you're starting out a, as a brand new business, I mean, unfortunately that just kind of comes with the territory participating in these styled shoots so that you can create relationships and get content for your social media page. And the, at that point you're just kind of deciding internally, you know, if the trade-off is worth it. But like Brad mentioned, for our business specifically, a lot of those early on decisions, I think, are more time-driven and you're just, you know, volunteering your time and um, things like that versus, I don't know, not often is there a product or something associated with that that's like hard costs. And I will say we're probably also one of the few vendors in the industry that actually does have overhead. Um, a lot of wedding vendors operate their businesses out of their home, which is great. Um, Wish we could do that. <laughs> yeah. So, um, again, then, you know, they're, maybe they're not as concerned and they do see value in, you know, giving up their time because maybe their bills are minimal. So they can they can do that. But for us... Yeah. I just, I think, you know, looking back the last five years at all of the favors that we've done, unfortunately, I don't think that, um, I don't think that there has been a positive or a like, you know, I don't think that that it's paid off for us. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately. And I think that that's maybe why it made it on this list. Yeah. And for us, it might be totally different. Um, and I kind of just want to throw this out there. We can move on, but I just don't want people to think that they have to say yes to the favor Mm -hmm. because they're going to, you know, because their business will benefit from it. I truly do believe that had we gone back and we hadn't said yes to any of these things that we would still be okay. Yeah. You know, you always figure it out. You always find new business. Um, And unfortunately, I wish this wasn't true. I wish I could. I mean. Gosh, I wish it was a two way street. I wish I could say it was a two way street. But I mean, very rarely um, do I look back and say, oh, I'm glad I did that for free. It really paid off. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) I think that there are ways that you can help out um, by, you know, offering a discount if you see value in that. Um, You know, but for me, uh, favors don't pay the bills. And unfortunately, we're going to keep it that way. Wow, bold statement. Yeah, not getting much out of old Brad over here. <laughs> uh, um, okay, should we move on to number four? Sure. This one's great. Um, so this one is comparison is the thief of joy. It's a great quote. It is a great quote. It's actually one of my favorites. And um, But I feel like, and this can apply to so many aspects in your life, I mean, even just scrolling social media, but, and, you know, seeing what else others are up to, but in a business sense too, I think we really wanted to touch on it. Um, Yeah, it's so important. Because a lot of, I think, our business and how we've evolved through the years, um, we've always been, 
I don't know, we've always kind of like, I don't know, been trailblazers in a way. Like, I don't think, I think especially in the beginning, you know, everybody offers you advice and ideas of ways to take your business and well, hey, this worked for so-and-so and maybe you guys should try this. And I, I do think everybody ha- for the most part has good intentions and they're wanting to come from a helpful place, but also just because, you know, someone else is doing it doesn't mean that you have to. Yeah. And I think more so for me in this, with this uh, quote, a lot of times it's, you, you really have to flip your mindset of like looking at another business and seeing where they're at. And instead of thinking, gosh, like, you know, I'm not as good or how are they able to get that job? Or like, or maybe even we both were up for that job Mm -hmm. and they got it. And then you're feeling bad about yourself or your business. It's really about, and we, and we're not perfect at this. We're still working to do this, but it's about flipping your mindset into from the negative of, oh, like they're better than me or, you know, wow, that's incredible. Like, I wish I could do that into, wow, they're of similar business to mine. That means if they did it, I could do it. Or, wow, they got a job for X brand. That's incredible because that means I could get a job or I could do that, right? So it's like flipping the narrative on for yourself and your own mindset of like, stop thinking negatively and that you didn't get the job or you, you know, that person's so much better than you. And in, in exchange, it's wow. Like that could be me down the road. You know, it's not that someone's better than you. It's just, maybe you haven't gotten there yet. Right. So I think that's when, when, when I look at that quote, comparison is a thief of joy. It is a two part. It's when you dwell on the comparison, it really sucks away all of the good that you have in your life because you're focusing on the negative right and then focusing on someone else in their journey yeah and then the second is you know how do i when when i when i look at somebody else instead of comparing myself to them how do i flip the script and and make it a positive and just be happy that i have the opportunity to do the same thing that that person did and maybe better so mm-hmm. that's that. Yeah. All right. Number five. Number five. Try your best to separate business and personal life. Don't let it affect your marriage. Yeah. This is a big one. Yeah. It's big for us. Obviously, we're a husband and wife team. We work together day in and day out. And so this was a big adjustment for us, especially in the early years. I think we've created some more boundaries now, but it's, to be honest, it's still something that we're always working on um and brad and i just i think genuinely enjoy business and having these type of conversations about work so i don't think we've ever set the parameters of hey during these hours of the day this is when we're diving into the business and then we're home and we're making dinner or whatever we won't we won't talk about business at all like that's not something that has worked for us because I think just naturally we still want to continue to have those conversations because we're, you know, passionate about it and topics and continuing to brainstorm and be innovative and whatnot. But yeah, I think you just still have to, even in having those conversations and maybe it is during personal time, just not, if you don't necessarily agree on something, not letting it then impact 
either the rest of your evening or just affect your relationship or you know you don't want it something business-wise to cause an argument between the two of you there's been a handful of times I think where you know Brad and I will kind of take a step back and it'll be like that you know think of us as if we weren't married and it's just two separate I don't know you have the I don't know titles but yeah yeah just two two high-level executives talking. yeah two high-level executives talking in a conference room or whatever how can how can we make this different? Because it's okay that we disagree. I mean, you have two people who have completely different ideas about business and just you know decision making and and how and just how we want to move the business forward. And so, you know, I think when you are married, you tend to take a lot of things personally because that is your person. So, but you just have to look at it from more of an objective standpoint of that individual just being the other business owner and not necessarily your spouse. Yeah, or a team member. Yeah. You know, presenting an, an idea mm-hmm. or um, just their view on something. Yeah. Right? And maybe also giving them a little bit of grace, like, in conversing about topics. Mm-hmm. Because I do think, especially with your spouse, you're very comfortable with them. And so maybe maybe you get short, maybe you, you know, say things you wouldn't normally say in a professional setting because it is your spouse and there's just, yeah, the lines are kind of blurred there. Um, mm-hmm. But just, again, trying to think of it as if they were just this other team member, other person, mm-hmm. you know, with no relation to you, how would, would you handle the conversation in the same way? Yeah. I think one thing to add to, it's really important. Taylor brought this to my attention. I think maybe the second year of business, it might've even been the first year of business, but because we're so heavily involved in the business, the both of us, um, it's so difficult to just talk about the business a hundred percent of the time. And sometimes you, you have to really analyze like what you're doing day to day and Taylor came to me one day and she was like hey sometimes like there's things that you know we're doing during the day that are just she calls it like Rosenthal Inc and that means like you know her or I like if we're doing Rosenthal Inc like we're doing something for our family or maybe even it's just one of us but Mm -hmm. it's separate from the business and I, the reason why this was so impactful for me, even just the few words of like Rosenthal Inc., when she I said- I coined the term just to put it in like a yeah. general perspective. I don't know. <laughs> but when she when she said that to me, like, like I'm, I'm working on Rosenthal Inc., like if she, prior to that, like maybe she was over on the couch and she was on her laptop and I had just gotten home or like maybe, you know, I'm over on my laptop but I'm working on the business and I'm maybe like wondering what she's doing. Mm-hmm. And maybe I'm like, there's a little bit of resentment because I may be thinking because she's not talking to me about the business, she's not working on the business. So that means if she's not working on the business, well, like, what's she doing? Yeah. Like, you know, what could possibly be more important than our business? Right. Right. Like, like you if she just, didn't post on Instagram today, yeah, what's going on? You just get like when you own when you own a business, especially with your spouse or even if it's you own the you own your business and you're married or, you know, you have a life partner, you know, it's very easy to just get wrapped up in your business 100 mm-hmm. percent of the time. And you take it home and not saying that we're perfect at it, 
but this is definitely something that for me helped and you know all maybe taylor had to say was like rosenthal inc like you know she doesn't have to say what she's doing or you know specifically tell me like oh um hey while you're doing that i'm gonna do this like all she's got to do is say like rosenthal inc and i'm like okay gosh it's kind of like when someone snaps their fingers at you and like almost like put you back in in your place like man yeah you're right like shoot i just you know the business isn't everything yeah even though it's a lot of our life it's not everything and it's not always going to be priority number one. You still have a household one. to uphold and yeah. personal things going on. and So yeah. whatever your last name is, insert that <laughs> and then ink and then try that out because it's something that really helped me mm-hmm. and immediately made me understand, okay, yeah. it's not all about the business and I, I don't have to resent her and yeah. she doesn't have to resent me because of what we're doing specifically in that moment. And you know what? Like maybe, you know, as I'm looking at you, like, Maybe you're not doing something for our our household per se, Mm -hmm. but maybe you're doing something for yourself, you know, like who am I to say that's more important than what I was thinking? Like it's just communication, right? And it's really, even though it's near impossible not to bring work home, if you just can try, that will, it's the best thing you can do. And it is truly building blocks to a great foundation and- that's all you can do is mm-hmm. try, you know? Yeah. Th- those were five great things. Five great things. Just <laughs> take it for what you want. Those are our five things. Um, there are many other ones that we wanted to add in, but I think those are the five most important. And, you know. Or at least the five, the first five that came to mind. First five that came to mind. <laughs> um, so. It's cool if you some of those are similar to you or you know if there's some takeaways there for you we hope some of those helped and uh if nothing more than just a little bit you know of an insight into again our journey the last five years and five impactful things for us Mm -hmm. so thanks guys yeah thanks for listening we will um see you in our next one catch you on the flip side (laughs)